daughter of Mary McLean and Conor O'Brien under her roof, a constant reminder of her rejection, her humiliation, and the horror of it. They had all attended the same school, and later the same village dances. Gertrude had been an only child. Her mother had borne two boys before her. They had died in infancy. There had been another baby after her, but he too had died at birth so she had been doubly cherished and shamefully indulged. Mine, lassie, you're a survivor, her father had told her often. He had doted on her, buying her the smartest wee pony he could afford and teaching her to ride at an early age. When she was bossy at school, it was because she was used to having her own way. Mary McLean was the daughter of a shepherd and walked three miles or more to school and back in the afternoon. She had rarely mixed with other children and had never seen so many faces until she started school. She was dark and pretty and very shy, and Cameron Maxwell and Connor O'Brien had taken her under their wing with youthful chivalry. Gertrude had been envious until she realised that Mary gave everyone that same shy smile, including herself. As the years passed, Mary's gentle manner made her popular with all the children, especially the younger ones. When they were thirteen, Cameron's sister Cathy started school. In spite of the eight years' difference in their ages, she adored Mary, and they had much in common. They smiled and helped, and rarely criticised, so they were liked by everyone from the stern dominie to the youngest pupil. Gertrude resented such effortless popularity while she strived to gain attention. Cameron had inherited the Maxwell family's musical skill. He could entertain pleasingly with his harmonica by the time he was ten. As they grew older and attended the local dances, Cameron was frequently invited to take a turn with the fiddle. Reluctantly, he left Connor to partner both Gertrude and Mari in the reels and jigs. Gertrude always had the prettiest dresses, no hand-me-downs or makeovers. Whatever her heart craved, her father bought for her, and she reveled in the attention of the charming Connor, but he was not to be bought. Connor O'Brien had a smile which could charm the birds from the trees, but he had a mind of his own, except when it was fuddled with alcohol. When a letter arrived from his uncle, Connor travelled the fifteen miles with eager anticipation. Uncle Sean had no children of his own, but he did have a thriving blacksmith's business, and he wanted to train his nephew in the smiddy. Connor would take over when he grew too old to do the work himself, especially shoeing the big Clydesdale horses. Connor was delighted at the prospect, but he loved Mary McLean with all his heart. He could not bear the thought of being separated from her, so he asked her to marry him and go with him, swearing he would decline his uncle's offer if she refused. Even now, standing in her own kitchen at Windlebury, gazing back down the years, Gertrude could not suppress a shudder. She remembered the shock when she learned Connor was to marry Mary. She couldn't believe it. She wouldn't believe it. How could Connor choose the meek, mild-mannered Mary for his bride? Gertrude would not accept it. Connor was hers. She wanted him. 
She needed him. She couldn't bear to see him with Mari. She made plans. She underestimated the strength of true love, Connor's love for the gentle Mari. Oh, he had fallen into her trap, all right. He had taken all that Gertrude had offered so freely, but only because he was too drunk to resist. In the cold light of the following day, he had come near to hating both himself and her. Worse, his dismay and remorse were not because he had taken away her own virginity, but because he had betrayed the trust of Mari, his dearest love. Even now, Gertrude felt the chagrin, the disbelief, the humiliation, and then the anger. Nothing would sway Connor from his chosen path. Gertrude shivered as events she had thought forgotten, memories she had swept into the past came rushing back.